Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about Anthem. Anthem? And all the production troubles it had. That's right. Well, if you haven't read Jason Schreier's excellent article on Kotaku about this, yeah. you should go there and read it. Uh, it's going to take you like an hour. That's right. So, uh, uh, I, I, I love whenever he does this, but then again, like also like every time one of these like big expose kind of articles is like dropped, I'm always like, well, there goes. Yeah. I know what I'm going to be doing like for the next hour yeah. of my free time. You, you know? remember um, whenever those there were? I think he he wrote two articles about uh, the EA Star Wars games like within right. days, and I'm like, holy moly, mm-hmm. bro. Uh, but yeah, this thing's like it's like seventeen hundred words or something ridiculous. I mean, and and uh, no, seventeen thousand words or yeah, something. I don't know, something it's, crazy. It's so many, like, and it's it's fascinating. Like, I was through the whole thing. Like, it doesn't feel long. Like, as you're reading, because like it breaks it down and like yeah. it goes. I don't know. It's a fantastic piece of uh, piece of journalism. So yeah. you should go read it. Um, so that's later. But first, John, what have you been up to this week? This week. I have uh, actually finished Firewatch, so nice. I mentioned that I might play it. Was yeah. it last week that I was like, oh, I'll probably p- play, yeah. start playing it? I think I started that night, and, uh, and and no, no, that was two weeks ago that I started playing it. Anyway, I finished it this week. So did um, it live up to the the hype that I uh, about my one of my favorite games ever? It was really good. Like, I mean, it is a unique experience, and like that's the aspect of it that I uh, that I. I was surprised by like how like interesting it was. And I was like, Oh man, I've never experienced something quite like the mm. way that this is. Yeah. Cause again, it's not like a puzzly game. No, it's not necessarily a pure walking simulator either. No. Um, and you're choosing like these conversation sh- things and trees. And I don't know, like it, the way that everything shook out with it, it, it was satisfying is what I'll say. Yeah. Like it's, it satisfied me as far as that goes. I, as far as like, whether it's one of my favorite games of all time, like, I don't know. Um, yet. Yeah. It was very, very good. It though. makes you think, that doesn't it? Definitely. Like, I literally, I finished it. Like, there was a, a point in the game where I was like, "Well, I'm finishing this tonight." Yeah. Like, where I, well, I yeah, thought you kind of have to. I thought that like things were kind of ramping, ramping up, and I was like, "Oh, but like it, it's got to be like ending soon." Yeah. And so, like, I finished it. Um, I will say that I'm not entirely certain if Switch is necessarily the best place to play it. Agreed. If it's the only place you're going to play it, yeah, play it on Switch for sure. Like, it was it was worth the uh, you know the the time and effort and money that I I spent on it. But like at the same time the graphics like whenever i went back like i looked at a few youtube videos of like hey let's break Mm, down some things mm -hmm. that are in there and like whether they were on pc or whether it was on like consoles like that game is gorgeous it is and it was gorgeous on my switch but like it's kind of one of those things like as i was playing i didn't know what i was missing yeah and then whenever i saw like some of the textures and things like that i was like oh man there's so much more detail in the other releases of it so that's the only thing like if you care like about like the visuals or if you care you know if you think oh man i i would play this on my console sitting on my couch then do that but like for me it was like this handheld thing where it's like i'm playing this from bed basically yeah um and like i wouldn't have played it otherwise yeah so that's the best place to play it exactly um there were also a few little small like bugs like where like whenever uh, occasionally i would have to go adopt my turtle again um <laughs> from the from the lake that's and uh, i was like well you broke out of your cardboard box you know <laughs> went down the the firewatch tower uh-huh. and uh, made your way back to the lake weird and uh so yeah anyway yeah. Uh, did you find all the collectibles, all the secrets? I found as yes, I did find all the collectibles. Okay. Um, I made sure that I did. Yeah. Um, and I made sure I experienced all of it, like most of, if not all of the, um, the like conversations that you can have. Yeah. Um, there's like a side story that, that you kind of experience like after, uh, like via letters and things like that, yeah, collectibles yeah. and things that you find. And that was also really like interesting and fascinating, like where everything ended up with that too. Yep. So, and then like the, where well, that, that ends well, up, like actually it, kind of ties back into, that's what I was to say. It ties into the main story. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I would say everybody needs to play firewatch. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we should do a uh, an actual review sometime soon. I think that'd be that'd be a good idea. Like yeah. if we uh, if we kind of like get, open up the spoiler, get Fultron in here. We can review this thing. Did he play it? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, nice, oh, yeah. nice. He uh, played it. I think before I did. That's awesome. That's um, all, I, I really, and then I, I did. If we could have a good discussion because we did that with Inside. Yeah, but I think that would be fun if we just kind of open uh-huh. that back up and people have uh, have had enough time to play it, and so I think it would be a, it'd be a fun discussion to have. Yeah, I love actually. Um, one of the things I after I <laughs> so. After I finished the game, I like I just wanted to be back in that game. Yeah, and so I uh, started watching a lot of like people play on Twitch, mm-hmm. and so I just oh just watch Twitch streamers play Firewatch. That's fascinating because like seeing what their choices are. Yeah, and just like seeing their reactions to different things happening, yeah. and like I mean, there's some shocking moments in that game. There are, and uh, you think like you know there are there's all this stuff going on, and um, you. Uh, it, it elicits an emotional reaction from you. I'll definitely, say that. definitely. So, um, and then also like along those lines, like they also have in the, um, the game now they have like a special feature where you can kind of go into the world and like go oh, yeah. and walk around and it's like a dev journal. So maybe, we'd, maybe I need to do So I haven't mean to do that. This would be a good yeah. excuse for me to go back and yeah, it's, it's basically you play the game with a director commentary. Yeah. Um, and I need to go back and do that. I've, I, it's still sitting on my Xbox console, waiting for me to do that. I'm, I'm, I really would like to take a swing at that, like to do that, right. because it's like, man, let's like that. That interests me, and like why yeah. like certain choices were made and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's, it, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to talk to Fultron and uh, see if he's in. It's awesome. And I'm going to go back and replay this awesome. with the director commentary. Um, I also remember back whenever it originally came out, like I'd listened to, uh, the developer, like on some podcast talk and stuff like that. And I was always intrigued by, I, this is literally just one of those, like, oh, I've never just gotten around to it. So yeah. now I have, and I'm very happy I have. So if anyone has a, like a switch or any console, like it's on everything now, yeah. um, you should play Firewatch. I yeah. think. So. To me, uh, the last thing I'll say is to me, it felt like, you know, when you finish a, a good book mm-hmm. and you like, you don't want the story to end, but yeah. you'd also want to figure out what happens. Like, that's how I felt with this game. Yeah, I think, like, there was a moment where, like, I I mean, it's a small enough game, and it's it's short enough to where, like, you do, you can do everything. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the, uh, games like, um, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and, like, Red Dead Redemption, and Red Dead Redemption 2, and, like, these games, like, they're massive. Like, there is this, like, idea that, like, man, I will never never experience everything inside of that incredibly detailed sprawling vast world like there's just no way for me to experience everything i think quite literally with like assassin's creed odyssey there are uh after a certain point procedurally generated uh uh side like side quests yeah and so like you literally will never finish that um but at the same time, like this game, you can like it's small enough, it's 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 contained enough. It's like it's a it's a really good journey. Like to where literally at the end of like the end of it, I like was like, well, did I do everything? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like walk around and like yeah. make sure I did everything. You know, yep. they give you like a camera. Like, take take some like photos take, to I remember know. the place by. I, stuff. That was my favorite thing. And it's just little things like that. This is not a complicated game. No, and it's not a complex game. Yeah, but like things like that make you just like uh, so attached to the world. Yeah. And, you know, taking, oh, man, the sunset in, in this valley yeah. looks so cool. I'm going to take this picture. Yeah. Um, well, even the fact that, like, my turtle ran away and, like, you know, went back to the lake every once in a while, like, in the game, I was just like, okay, even that, like, I was just like, huh, my turtle's hilarious, you know? And so, like, <laughs> don't want to leave that turtle behind. It's like I a real a, turtle. I need to go back in that game and see if I can save some screenshots of my photos I took mm-hmm. and use them as backgrounds for my Xbox. Um, it was also nice. Like, I also appreciated, like, you know, there's a few times where they, suge- like, it's suggested maybe you take a photo or something like that. Yeah. But, like, for the majority, like, I just took gorgeous photos. Yeah. And so, like, um, whenever the, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like, whenever the game, like, wraps like you see some of those pictures like as oh, the yeah. credits roll yeah and so like that was nice too because yeah. i was like oh man i remember taking that one. Oh, i remember how gorgeous that one was i yeah. remember that like so like you kind of yeah. like it goes back through all of those things so well, and, it, and it makes it it makes you feel like you are in a national park yeah. uh and because i mean it is beautiful you yeah. know and uh they i don't know they just did a really good job it makes me it makes me really excited for in the land of the gods the mm-hmm. one that We've only seen one trailer for, was it even yeah. last E3 or was it the E3 before? Um, I feel like it was two E3s I ago. I think it was two E3s ago. Yeah. And then we originally, maybe we, it wasn't E3, it was the uh, the Game Awards. The first look was at oh, the uh, right. Game Awards two years ago. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. Yep. So it's been, we've had one E3 since then, but another Game Awards since yeah. then. Yeah. So I would expect system. maybe to see something from them like at E3, maybe on Microsoft stage. Mm, that would be cool. I mean, cool. it's got to be, if it's not. Mm, well, I mean. 
<laughs> there's no who other stage for it to who, be on. Whose stage is it going to be on? I mean, unless it's coming to Switch, like today yeah. and date, maybe it'll be in the direct. Who knows? Yeah, but okay, cool. That would be cool. It'd be a perfect uh, Nindy or whatever, you know. Yeah. They love, love, love those Nindies, which was really awesome. Uh, Xbox actually did their ID at Xbox, like uh, direct, basically. Like, yeah, it was, did you uh, ever, I didn't watch that. I, I watched it. It was really good. Like, it was, uh, it was basically just literally a direct, uh, Nintendo Direct, where they had, like, you know, somebody introduce the games. Is there anything they, good in there? Some developers. There's some really, some cool stuff, like some cool looking things. I can't remember the names of them off the top of my head right now. We need but, to go back and watch that so um, we can talk about them. The Killer Queen Black, it's a multiplayer game that's a, that started as an arcade game. Yeah. Kind of like one of those, uh, there's only like a, a hundred of them in the nation or something like that. This is this kind of underground following um, for this arcade game. And that's uh, coming to consoles. Um, and so they had like that developer on to talk about their game and talk about the eight player co-op on that's your cool. Xbox, like single, like same screen yeah. uh, co-op uh, on your Xbox, like to, to play against uh, two, two teams of four. So that was pretty cool. So like, there's some cool, like things like that in there. Um, so you should watch it for sure. That's awesome. I was like the Nindy Directs, and, and that one was basically exactly the same. So, what have you been up to this week, Chris, though? Oh, man. Um, really, the, uh, the only thing I, I uh, in terms of real life, I, my bowling league started back up. Nice. I bowled my highest game ever. Uh, Is wait. the rest of your life fake life? And then your, uh, well, I, you I know, mean, your bowling I life like is it's, real it's life? Not in, in, it's not my digital life in, in <laughs> I the see. division. I see. Oh, this so is, it's, it's not like we bowling? You right, know? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like I'm <laughs> my wee bowling league, right? That's awesome. You know, in real life, I bowled a 161, Ooh, which is my highest score ever. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, since I've been keeping track, that's a really good time. Yeah, well, thanks. It was it was crazy. That's awesome. And uh, how many how many strikes and spares did you get? Uh, I well, let me, let me see. What's funny is like I took a picture of the score. Whenever uh, I, I was in my, hmm, my actually, I don't know if I did. Whenever I was in my bowling class um, in college, which yes, I took a bowling class in college, it was pretty awesome. Um, I think I broke like 190 one time, and that was my highest. It was like really, but it was like, and it's all about, I, I figure out it's all about what you do after a, a strike or a spare, because like your tendency, you know, chances are you're going to get a strike or a spare at some point. But then if the next two are uh, gutter balls, it's like, well, that, that didn't do anything for you. But if you can like get, you know, a strike and then a spare or a spare and then a strike, like, oh man, that's money. I have two strikes and. Yeah. Five, no, three strikes, five spares. Ooh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, it was dude. a lot of fun. That's great. Yep. Um, so anyway, so I've, I've been doing that, but also playing just a ton of the division. It's awesome. Um, and I still love it. I won't go into like a crazy amount of detail with it, but... Um, They've released the World Tier 4 now, correct? Uh, tomorrow, Oh, I think. okay. Tomorrow okay. they're releasing World... No, well, World Tier 4 was always there. It's World Tier 5, along with a... New stronghold, like a raid, heroic mm -hmm. uh, difficulty for your missions. Um, a, a few new like armor sets. The max uh, level has gone up to five hundred. Very cool. And then they're teasing the first raid. Mm. Um, so mm. like I, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what what's happening. And like there's motivation in me now mm -hmm. to level up to max level. Like yeah. I, just, I need to I need to, I need to put in some time, man. Yeah. So I can get up to the max level so that I can run the raid with everybody. Yeah. Whenever it releases. That's awesome. I love I love the idea of the raid. I also like because I think I thought it was last week that they got released the new level or whatever because um, the early access people like if you bought the season pass ah, like you get yeah, a, yeah. a week uh, weeks worth of access so like it's just been out there that oh they've released this thing. Right. Um, I actually kind of like that that model, like to like release it for free to everybody after a week. And so if yeah. you're super hardcore, super dedicated, like based, like get in there test it out like beta test it essentially they can tighten up all the all the the loose ends before it goes out to everybody the following week and doesn't splinter the fan base that way totally um, but yeah you still feel like hey i paid for something that was substantial i think that's a good 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 thing totally um another thing i've been doing i played a lot more of apex legends mm. this week I and haven't it, touched that in a while. It was literally just like I would I would sit down and I would be like, okay, what am I in the mood for? I've got like, you know, 30, 40 minutes and it's I, I can do some more Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I've been, you know, slowly chipping away at. Um obviously it's not enough time to do anything in Red Dead. And <laughs> and then uh so I would just load up Apex, play yeah. a match. I have actually won 
a lot more now. I've won like five matches in the last week. Nice. That's awesome. Which is amazing. Anyway, I feel like my my skill level, I'm like riding that like the the logarithmic curve right yeah. now where it's like, I'm like, yes, I see it all. I jumped back into some Fortnite um, recently as well. And mm-hmm. Did I talk about this last week? Uh, you talked about like jumping into Fortnite and saying how fun it was. Yeah. So I, I And so I played a little bit more over the weekend and um, I got second place a couple times. Yes. Like, I don't know. I, I think I, like I just... Number one, it's, it's a fun game. Yeah, I still have fun. I still have fun playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like enjoy going like going back in there, and just making sure my my skills are still sharp. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, just, just keeping it like oh, putting in the the minimum yeah. just to kind of like okay, I'm I'm set. Well, I, and the reason I, I like I got I got second a couple times. I was playing because I, I had bounties for squads. I was uh, playing squads. Uh, so I'm in, so I'm I'm, uh, in, I'm the last person so you're alive up, you're with already, this team of like three people. Yeah, you're up against you know. There's no way yeah. I'm taking three people out. You know so. Fun I felt thi- pretty good about fun it. Fun thing in Apex, it was a really good time. There's somebody who like um, quit out, like it was just me and one one other person. We won, nice. But like we we literally were in the almost the entire match. Um, this is like somebody left at like at the drop, like they dropped terribly, and then like you know just <laughs> left. It's like well okay, um, but we we won, and it's like oh man, this, that felt kind of good. Like just just two yeah. a team of two, yeah, going up against only teams of three. It's <laughs> great. It's right. amazing. It's always a good feeling whenever you're like the underdog and you're like, yes, totally. we did this. Totally. All right. Well, uh, later on, we're going to talk about Anthem. That's right. But first, the, the news. The news. The news. All right. So uh, we have two new trailers out. <laughs> the first one is Joker. <laughs> Joker. It's with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh-huh. Um, it's going out in October. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? I I don't know, man. This movie keep continuously, and everything anyone has said about this movie has been like what I don't want out of a Joker movie. Which is? Which is like, let's have a backstory. Let's make you like the Joker. Let's make him not about just pure chaos. Let's make no mystery. Let's unveil everything. Let's unmask him and like... You know, show him putting on the mask and how who was he before he became the Joker and all like these are all questions that are the least interesting thing about any Batman comics ever. Like whenever you go into that that route, like that's been ha- that's happened in the comics. Like, don't get me wrong, it's happened. It's, it's, this isn't like new, but those are the least interesting stories having to do with the Joker and Batman and and all of this. And so like this. Man, it seems like they're just like lining up what is like my least anticipated uh, <laughs> Joker slash DC Universe movie. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so I didn't send this to you, um, but earlier in the week, uh, Drew McGarry is it an R? Yeah, Drew. Mag- Sometimes I'm like, am I reading this right? <laughs> Drew McGarry uh, from Deadspin wrote up a a piece on uh, about. Uh, how basically the same thing where it's like the the thing that um was so beautiful about Christopher Nolan and uh Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker was that not only did he not have a backstory he kept changing what yeah. he said his backstory he was. kept lying about his backstory yeah. and it really at that point it becomes about uh pure chaos and mayhem yeah and rather than like, and manipulation of your emotions, like of you know, I don't even whoever know he's talking that. to. I don't even know if it's that. <laughs> I, I think it's it's more like we, we don't need to understand Joker's backstory in order to understand who Joker is. It's true. Now that's not true of a lot of characters. It's true. Batman, you need to understand. Yep. His parents were shot outside a movie theater, and he has he's scared of bats, mm-hmm. so he uses that as a symbol of fear. For Gotham City, that's right. Same thing, but like, but Joker, you only need to know uh, what he does and his relationship to Batman, mm-hmm. and which Batman uh, nowhere to be found here. Right, right. Well, <laughs> until they, they well, kind of. Uh, so uh, they he references the people in masks. I'm like, is that's Batman right. not running around? Like, uh, I don't know, but like that makes me feel like. Batman is going to show up in some way in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, the, and this trailer could be just like throwing us all off. But what I don't Maybe. want, what I don't want, and uh, something that, that this article like hits on is like, do we really want a movie where we just see like the Joker just get bullied and beat up like mm-hmm. for 
the whole entire thing until the end. He finally becomes like a criminal or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever it is he does. Yeah, like that just seems like. I, I that's my thing is like I don't want to watch that movie. Like I don't, I wouldn't want to like I don't know. It's so it it seems like these are ask, answering questions that I never really needed to know, and I don't like I I don't need to or want to feel sorry for the mass murdering you know maniac of well, the I joker think there's different ways to humanize him and i think about the arkham knight uh sorry the arkham series of games mm-hmm. and by the end of arkham knight you actually kind of feel sorry for uh the joker Definitely. because you realize he is just um he needs to be needed by batman basically mm-hmm. um and that's where he finds his self-worth and so that you kind of feel like well, man, that sucks, you know, mm-hmm. like it's terrible that this is where he finds his only worth that's is right. in th- this relationship. But that's always been the case, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think that that's that's a way that you can humanize him while also, while not being you know, like uh, OK with him as a person. It's true. Um I think about it in, in like, and it's it, a, like that's a tightrope to walk totally, a lot of times. Totally, but like it can be done, and it doesn't. Like this trailer gives me no indication right. that this particular property will be doing that. I'm, I'm, and you I, know, but I th- and, I, and this is the thing I think it feels about, like we just forgot the tightrope. This now becomes a cliff dive. Well, just think about some of the, like the great gangster movies, and or like something like yeah. The Departed. Oh yeah, like by the end of that, you actually feel like really, really uh, sorry for. Um, Jack Nicholson's character, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's this terrible person, um, and in the, in the same way that it's and it's kind of they kind of reference it where it's like he thought his life what, what did he say what does he say he thought my life was a a tragedy tragedy he says but it's actually a comedy. a comedy and the Joker has said that like before True. or like True. even like in um the run of uh it's the death of the family is is was Scott Snyder's run like he even says like something very very close to that mm-hmm. um in the final sequence there of that that graphic novel um or run of comics and and it's like okay that's true and it can be true but you don't necessarily like the perspective of tragedy you know i don't know it's it's a it's a skewed well, perspective. I think, well, if I think of, about if I think about like end. what we have said, like what in classic literature, tragedy is normally things out of someone's control happening mm-hmm. to them, and that creates this tragic figure where it's not their fault that they're in this. Yep, it just happens to them. Um, sometimes I think they make choices that uh, continue to perpetuate that tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's what, maybe we will watch this and it'll be this beautiful piece of art. <laughs> maybe we'll love it. I just like what I'm seeing right now. I, I, I will remain optimistic, but right now I'm just kind of like, eh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to not watch this. That's true. But I, mean, I think like it's again, for me, it's just like this, this constant, like whenever they said, Oh, there's going to be a Joker movie. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Let's, let's figure out what that looks like. And every single time I found out new information about it, it's just lessened my excitement for this movie yeah. over and over and over again. And so I don't know. I, I think it looks beautiful. It, yeah, the the shots are cinematography looks oh, gorgeous. Oh man, it looks real real cool. I think the visuals, like the way that they've they've done um, him as the Joker, like in the way that they're like doing these back and forth kind of things, looks really cool. Like I don't know, like it's it visually it looks awesome. I I don't know. We'll yeah. find out in October. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It's. It's one of those. The next trailer, though, yes, is one of those that are like it surprised me in like you know in in all the right ways, and that was uh, what was the name the of the dead movie? Don't die. The dead don't die. Yeah, it looks hilarious. It's got all these people in it: Adam Driver, Bill Murray. Uh, hang on, hang on. There's, gonna, there's a massive. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the cast. IMDb just so I can just list you all the actors that are in this movie. Uh, go watch the trailer. I, like off the bat with the trailer, like I was, I was. I was like, oh, this is kind of run-of-the-mill zombie stuff, like, yeah. within the first few seconds of the trailer, because, like, it sets up the whole zombie thing. But then as soon as the characters start interacting with each other, you're like, I, I, I immediately realize they're going for this really dry, really deadpan uh, humor. And I'm so into very deadpan humor with zombies because like we're so used to the heightened emotion of things like The Walking Dead or even like Zombieland where like people are freaking out and, you know, you know, it's exciting and people it's, it's a it's a like um, 
you know, the, the rules and things like that, the, the way that it's presented to you is flashy. Yeah. Whereas this, like the deadpan kind of back and forth humor yeah. of it is, is really unique. And so it's saying like, I feel like that's already saying something that I'm, I'm interested in yeah. watching, you know, uh, Chloe Savigny, Adam driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> Caleb Laundry Jones, Selena Gomez, Bill Murray, Austin Butler, Tom Waits, Carol Kane, Danny Glover, <laughs> Rosie Perez, Iggy pop, Riza. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then there are Caesar zombies, basically. Uh, yeah, so it's just like all these people. It's mm -hmm. like good night. Um, it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, I feel feel like even if even if the majority of those those characters like end up as zombies, it's oh, like yeah. that's that's still hilarious. Totally. Oh man, I also love the fact that, like in the trailer they have uh the the zombies have personalities or yeah. oh they gravitate towards things that they enjoyed whenever <laughs> they were living and so somebody's like coffee yeah. and somebody, chardonnay, chardonnay. <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's hilarious yeah it's um, awesome I'm so in for it because the zombie thing I feel like is is a little bit like I don't know there's so many zombie properties. Um, and, and so it has to be kind of a fresh take totally. before I'm interested. And this looks like a fresh take. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I still love like it as long as it's a good story. I it's love, true. I love zombie movies. I, right. it's, it's just like saying, I don't like space, but there's too many space movies. There's too many Westerns, you, you know? know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, so yeah. it's like, as long as it's a good story, I'm fine with it. That's now, right. if you just like throw zombies into a crappy story, I'm not into that, yeah. but I'm not just into like any you, crappy stories. Yeah. If you throw a, uh, throw, you know, a crappy story into space, yeah. it doesn't make it a good story. Like the uh, Cloverfield paradox. I mean, it's, it's although I really it's, actually like that. So that's, it's that's an on okay me. story. That's it was me. just delivered very strangely. Um, very poor delivery. Dude, the music in that thing was so good yeah yeah bear i know McCreary. it was bear McCreary. Ah. um <laughs> yeah so I, like i am i love the fresh take on it i agree with you super looking forward to it yes all right last piece of news earlier this week was it yesterday no yeah when that did sounds right two days ago <laughs> for other people for them tomorrow like listening on friday it's gonna be three days second. ago I don't know if the timing necessarily matters that much. To I mean, this it does, one. it does, it does. Uh, Tuesday, it was Tuesday. Uh, tickets went on sale for Avengers Endgame. Oh, man. Tuesday morning at like 7. You know, And then Chris, chaos ensued. You're right. I mean, that, that you're, you're, let me go buy some opening night tickets right now and see if... You... No. Uh, they're actually, like, if you're, if, like, for a big movie theater, yeah. they're actually going, like, for super, super... Uh, hi. I mentioned uh, jokingly uh, in a group text to you and uh, and Jerry J. Pinions. I was like, we should have all gone together and bought oh, yeah. out a theater, totally, and then just like sold them on eBay, like sold yeah. those tickets on eBay, um, because it was a, a madhouse. Like it was, it was so wild. Yeah. So I'll I'll read this article and uh, then we can talk about the experience. Within an hour of Avengers. Oh, sorry. This is from Mashable by Proma Colsa. Within an hour of Avengers Endgame tickets going on sale, the sheer demand for tickets took its toll on Fandango, AMC, and the Marvel fandom at large. The AMC website was temporarily down, and Fandango <laughs> put users on pause to handle traffic in the meantime. Fandango later reported that Avengers Endgame broke the site's first Dale pre-sale records, beating the previous record held by Star Wars The First Force Awakens. Mm. This kind of ticket demand isn't unexpected. Fandango has created virtual waiting rooms for big releases in the past. Because sites like Fandango and Adam deal with multiple theater chains, users could have different luck depending on the theater and showtime they tried for. The AMC website was under so much stress that its guest services Twitter, which hasn't posted since February, actually posted a response. <laughs> Many of the replies to disgruntled users re redirected them to Fandango or to, the or to the physical ticket counters at local theaters. This was their... Their tweet. We want everyone to be able to grab their Avengers in-game tickets, but it looks like we've gotten Thanos' snap. We're working on getting <laughs> things back up and running, and in the meantime, please keep trying our website and our partner sites. Uh, it's so funny that, like, <laughs> the person who runs that social media account hasn't had to do anything since February, <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden, they just everything's on fire. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the managing editor of Fandango, Eric Davis, said in a press release, Avengers in-game sales have exceeded all expectations to become Fandango's top-selling title in its first 24 hours of sales, and it accomplished that feat in only six hours. We've never seen anything like this. It's truly a groundbreaking accomplishment, as fans simply cannot wait to see how this epic saga comes to a close. So, in the day, we got some tickets. That's right. Uh, 
because of the heroics of Fultron. Yes. Um, they are at 640 and it's a 3D movie, but at least they're decent seats. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be able to review it to you that night without going to like a 10 o'clock showing somewhere. Dude, I am so happy that we got like something that was earlier yeah. in the evening. The 3D, I'll, I'll put up with the 3D. You know, it's like, yeah. that's, that's okay. I'm not a huge fan of 3D movies. And, you know, we've discussed that numerous times on the podcast. Right. But. I will accept it for this. My experience with getting these tickets was uh, was I totally just didn't, didn't worry about it at that point. Yeah, I mean, well, it's because I bought your ticket for I you. Know. you know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was actually hoping to get the uh, fan event because that those movies were at five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I so this was my experience. Short short form of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, wake up, uh, start driving to work. Get the uh, the text. Hey, tickets are on sale. Go can't open up the AMC app. Like the app, like I would click on things and it would just like freeze. Yeah. And then like, you know how it just like closes and yeah, just crashing. like all of a sudden just crashes yeah. out. So that was happening. So then I go over to Fandango and uh, the theater where I was trying to get the fan tickets, uh, anytime I would click on it was telling me there was an hour wait and I was mm. putting an hour, hour uh, waiting thing. Mm. So then um, uh, while I was waiting there and he was waiting on his phone, Fultron started, I think, clicking around into different theaters around here and found some for the showtime that we ended up getting nice at a different theater um and uh, grabbed them for like yumi fultron uh megan ledford she's been on the uh, podcast before yeah. and um maybe someone else uh so just save a, the day just a bundle yeah just, i mean honestly like you could probably have uh, he could probably have bought like 10 tickets <laughs> and then someone would have totally taken um it's like if i'd known it was going to be that wild I would have like been hitting the refresh button alongside of you because like whenever we did the Star Wars thing, like we didn't realize it was gonna be that wild for Force Awakens. But then the next movie, like uh, with uh, uh, Rogue One, we knew, and so like we were at the theater, yeah. buy them there. Like that would have been the best way. It's just like literally just go to the theater, line up there for an hour beforehand, yeah, and then get the ticket. Well, it makes me wonder, like, if you could even like have lined up at the theater because it's seven o'clock in the morning. <sighs> That's a good question. I know that there's there somebody was a, there selling tickets. There was a friend of mine who drove to the th- like realized that like. None of the websites were working, so like for Avengers, he, yeah, for Avengers, like in game, he was in a two-hour-long waiting queue yeah. on Fandango, Gosh. and while he was in that waiting queue, like drove to the theater, bought the tickets, and then like got out of the okay. the, the Fandango queue or whatever. So crazy, dude! It blows my mind how how I mean wild that was. I can't wait for this movie. Dude, um, so the, the hype level is real. Do we want to revisit what we were talking about as far as like how much money do you think this will make or like which where it will place in the top five movies I, of all time? What did I say? So I think we said like it's definitely going to be up there above Infinity War, which is the the third most or fourth most rather. And uh, there's a big jump between Star Wars: The Force Awakens and Titanic. Um, and there's a, it's like 120 million. And are we talking about just domestic gross? Or are we talking worldwide? This is worldwide. Um, I think worldwide is gonna, it's gonna beat Force Awakens. I agree with that. Like, but will it beat Titanic? What is how big of a jump is it between so Force Awakens and Titanic? So that's 100 million. I think it can be Titanic. Okay, and then the biggest jump is between Titanic and Avatar, which Avatar is at 2.7 billion, and uh, Titanic is at 2.1 billion. I feel like it's at least in second place right now. I think I, I'm I right think with second, you. I think second place. I think it's going to be Titanic. Yeah. I don't understand how <laughs> Avatar has hit that. It's because James Cameron probably anyway. bought you know more tickets. I don't you know, know if that includes like a re-release or every single time it re-releases in theaters and someone plays it. Does it add that gross? I think it does. It um, seems insane. It it does, but I think it does. Um, because I think I remember seeing the, the the overall number for like Frozen whenever they released as a sing along the following year. Yeah, I think I remember seeing those up numbers the up the up. Okay, the hang on. Well, so what was the difference between Force Awakens and uh, and Titanic? Force Awakens is at two billion, and then Just Titanic so, is at two point one billion. Okay, so yeah, totally. I think so if, it's, it's if, it's, if it's gonna beat Force Awakens, it's gonna beat uh, Titanic. I agree with that. I mean, that's a hundred, another hundred million dollars or whatever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's another hundred million dollars. Yes. So. I think it can only do that. I agree with I that. I don't know if it can do another 600 million yeah. on top of that. That that seems that seems like a big jump. Um but we'll find out, man. This is we'll because see. because like this is just the first 6 hours or whatever are now like the highest, you know, sales on Fandango. That leads me to believe that it's possible. Yeah. If any movie is going to do it, 
it would be this one. Like, yep. if anything's going to take down Avatar, well, here's the thing. it would be this one. Like, so now that we're seeing it in 3D night one, it's true. I'm going to go see it in 2D soon after, probably later that weekend. <sighs> That's a good point, too. You know, so, like, mm. I, I mean, I will contribute to that. But we're talking about over the lifetime of, the, of its run. Right. So, like, multiple viewings, that yeah. sort of thing. Like, that's where you really get into those high, high numbers is like, because yeah. I saw Force Awakens like three times in theaters, you know? So, yep. yeah. <sighs> that's the news. All right. It's time now to talk about Anthem. That's right. So, I'm not going to read you a, a huge article. No. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. Uh, so, basically, uh, Jason Schreier has done some investigative reporting and talked to, like, I think, what, 19 different... 19 different sources. Yeah, sources. And about the production of Anthem and why... Trying to figure out why uh, Anthem released in the state it released in mm-hmm. and why it... Um, and which, if you're unaware of the state that it was released in, it was released to like fairly underwhelming reviews, yeah. and like people were just like, "Oh, this feels like content might be missing." Yeah. It feels like this was very you know rushed or hodgepodge, but it's been in development for seven years, and so yeah, it's a it's yeah. it's it's a fascinating read, and it's like clearly um, whenever it was released that. There was clearly more to this story. Yeah. And then now we kind of know. Yeah. And so, like, it outlines basically, like, you know, there was no clear direction or vision when it came to what is this game? What is the, like, gameplay even like? Um, is, like, they didn't really even land on, like, that it was a flying game until, like, relatively late in the process. I think he cites, like, a, up up until, like, a 17 months or something like that before it launched. Right. So. And uh, the name they changed, you know, I know the name doesn't, like, necessarily really matter, but, like, no. it's just indicative of the rest of it. I also know? thought that it was funny, though, in the article, like, with the name, they, they were going to call it uh, Beyond yeah. or something like that. And it's like, oh, that's too hard, too hard to copyright that. Yeah, I couldn't get it copyrighted. Yeah, it's too hard to trademark that. We can't, we can't do name it that. And so the day before they announced the game, like, they changed the name to Anthem. And yeah. literally, like, people back at the studio were like, oh, I didn't even know what Anthem meant. You yeah. Know? It's like, who knows what that is? Which is we had fine. To come when, up with what, what in the world is. does Destiny mean? That's you know? true. Well, what the heck does beyond me and it's like yeah on, you know well they said like beyond the walls of the city you'd go out you know like i get it i kinda like, it's kind of like on the nose it's kind of like yeah. below yeah it's called below because you go below, you go below yeah uh, well, i mean it's like you know even star trek <laughs> beyond it's like well of course so what, we, well, beyond wh- what beyond what what do we go beyond in that what do we go beyond in star trek beyond i don't no, even I, know I have no idea. uh so um and i think the biggest piece was that um not only was no one making decisions um, and there wasn't like a singular vision that they were chasing after mm-hmm. or working toward. Uh, all these different um, groups and studios were working on pieces of the game basically in isolation from each other. Yeah. And then like their job toward the end was to, you know, assemble all of this into some kind of semblance of a game. Yeah. Like there were different, like he references that there were teams that were working on, oh, here, we're going to do, uh, the, you know, not flying at all. Like, so we're running around or here, here we're the environment, we're a survival game more than anything. And uh, well, that's fine too. But then you do have the flying squad over here and then they would come together and have these playable demos and then determine, okay, which, which one of these core gameplay like elements are we actually going to go with? Yeah. Which, I mean, sure. That, that's great. Um, it doesn't always, as we can see, make a, a great game. And uh, so I think um, uh, without rehashing all of it, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> well, first, uh, was it EA or was it um, who released the statement? I'll find out exactly. Or was it the actual studio? They released a statement after the fact. So basically at the same time as the article was published, Jason had reached out for a uh, for a comment. And I think that they... Uh, anticipated this being some kind of hit piece article that was going to single people out for the bad quality of the game or something like that. And so, and so like, they didn't even have a chance to read the article before they released a statement, which to me seems kind of dumb. Yeah, it was EA and Bioware. Okay. And the quote from from Jason is, minutes after the publication of this article, EA and Bioware put up a blog post in apparent response. And, and you know, and so they, they basically, like, uh, denounced this article and said I don't think we don't think these these kinds of articles uh benefit game development or the industry as a whole blah 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 all mm-hmm. this kind of crap um and when it, to me it's like you know, well number one you're overreacting because mm-hmm. this doesn't single anybody out it's true and I don't know that this like this wasn't like uh his piece on uh Rockstar you know talking about crunch I yeah. mean they did talk about people who like you know were stressed out and 
um, would cry and you know all that kind of thing. Well, stuff, no, there were people that were taking like time off for for like the mental, mental health. Like, health and like that's that's all you know. It's all totally. I mean, and I'm not saying like that stuff's okay. I'm just saying that like uh, he wasn't. He, that wasn't the point of the article. Exactly. Yes, hundred percent. Um, he was just saying these things happened along the way. Um, c- could this process be less stressful? Yes, I think that's what his his point was. This should have been a cleaner, a clearer vision. This is the thing, though. Like, um, we we kind of decided on this topic for this podcast because we kind of start start talking about this um, outside of the podcast. That's <laughs> um, right. It's funny. Whenever we first started this podcast years ago, it was just it's because we were kind of getting together and having these conversations anyway. Yeah. We're like, well, why don't we just record? Them? <laughs> why don't we just record this? Um, you know, like, and I, I've I've held the opinion. For years, that I think it's a miracle that any movie or game even gets made yeah. at all. Yeah, let alone comes out and is even near the quality that a lot of the things that we love to play and watch mm-hmm. are at. Yeah, I, that's incredible to me. Well, and it's also fascinating, like to hear the people who who make some of the most incredible things talk about like that process and talk mm-hmm. about what it was like and talk about how difficult those things are always, and like always and how things come together at the last second or like a lot of like i've listened to over the past year um i've god of war was one of my favorite games and i've listened to Corey barlog who is the the game director on god of war um talk on numerous podcasts about that process and he always like comes up with like every time i listen to one i'm like oh i've not heard this before mm-hmm. like it's just a different perspective on the same development of the game mm-hmm. and i'm so and he talked about this thing like and it's he's amazed that it came out the way yeah. it did um I, every time i'm kind of like and this is kind of a work i'm just kind of like i've i've thought about this in the past so i'm kind of still formulating this opinion what this means so i'm just going to say this part but Sometimes I think within the creative process, a product that is uh, really good sometimes is born out of the constraints that you are uh, that you have to create it under. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I think about like the movie. Let's just take a, a movie example: um, Whiplash. I love that movie. Really well written. Really, really well directed. Acted. They had 30 days to make that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the constraint there. Um, you look at something, though, like Anthem, which has, like, unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. And they're just throwing stuff at the wall trying to make a... a I mean, they, they say it was in development before Destiny, but I think, like, the ideas in the industry kind of come to fruition around the same time. Yeah. And I think it was... It was it wasn't necessarily in reaction to, but at, at a certain point, it was a reaction to... Right. Destiny. Yeah. And well, they said it became a uh, what they call a loot shooter. Looter shooter, yeah. Like, looter shooter, very like very recently, like right. within the last couple of years. And that's totally like a reaction to Destiny. Yeah. And so it's like, and I think it's the reaction to people's expectations of the game too, because whenever it was announced, like th- it wasn't clear what it, it was. It wasn't clear what it was. Yeah, but people were right. like, "This seems like a looter shooter, like Destiny. I'm so in." It's a Destiny killer. And so like because like because people were so in on this thing, I could see somebody being like, "Well." That's what it is now. Let's do this. You exactly. know, yeah, we totally. can make that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's which like, team had that idea? It's like oh, epic. <laughs> you know, taking Fortnite and t- changing it from this uh, tower defense game into yeah. a one hundred person battle royale <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, based solely upon the fact that it's popular. At the yeah, time. because like, oh well, let's let's chase that trend. The, the, the game we have currently is basically <laughs> dead. Let's make something popular. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and it was a genius idea for them. Yeah, so like you know, I don't know if you necessarily it's like is it is it resources um, that like they had just had too much of it. Hmm. I mean, uh, maybe I also think like it mentioned in the article numerous times, vision and, and the yeah. it's it's fascinating to me that um, the 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 game lead like the, the the head of the studio was there casey hudson was at uh ea bioware which yeah. it was it was ea bioware's statement so it was the developer and right, right, uh, right. The, publisher. The, the publisher but he was at bioware at the beginning of this uh development on, on anthem and kind of like helped up set them up and then he left for like four or five years and then came back 
And that's whenever, like, it, it appears that that's whenever everything started, like, solidifying into what Anthem actually was, was, like, after he returned. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, fascinating for enough time to have taken place and enough, like, resources have been burned within that amount of time for someone who, like, oh, it's, you know, this is initially, let me start the development on this. Let me leave for three years. And, oh, I'm back again, you know, yeah. four years, whatever. Well, so. and I think about, like, some of the, you know, like, movies, again, going back to that realm, like, the movies that are the best, I think, are the directors who have a strong enough vision for the end product and the end result that they're able to push it through to the end mm -hmm. and keep that vision from start to finish. Mm. You know, someone who, you know, like, you know, Martin Scorsese, uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, George Lucas, Spielberg, you know, mm -hmm. all the, like, great directors, I think they have a vision. And you look at something like, uh, let's take Solo, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it was kind of off the rails with... Uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, mm -hmm. and uh, um, whew, why can't I think of his name? I always like blank on his name. Uh, 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 Ron Howard. Ron Howard comes in, you know, and like, and, and has a vision and finishes it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's like without vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What do you even know what you're that you're aiming at, you know? Well, and then in in that specific, like with solo, it's like, well, maybe they had a vision, but it was like it was the wrong vision, or yeah. like what what you know the what could have been like even more off than something else, you know? Right. It's because you look at that creative team. Um, and like into the Spider Verse or like the Lego movie, yeah. and it's like clearly there is no True. problem in either of those totally. movies. Yeah, as like what's the vision here? Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, like especially like into the Spider Verse, is like oh the the vision is like this revolutionary type of an experience, and that that movie took years and years and years to produce, and years and years to figure out that even just the technology of like how do yeah. we make this movie with with the vision of making a comic book come to life essentially, and all these different art styles and yeah. stuff. Um. And so, like, it's, but yeah, you're right. Like, it's, it does come down from, you know, this, it, there has to be like a unified, here's what we're doing. This is mm -hmm. the, this is what we're going for. And then you just, everybody goes for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, along with the route with like movies, like a lot of times with like reshoots and especially these days and like big budget things, there's reshoots all the time and there's rewrites and like, oh, well, we didn't get this connective tissue between this scene and this scene, or we thought this was going to work better than it did in the first viewing. So we need to go back and shoot this new scene that we wrote. Um, and so there's like this moving target, but it, again, you have to be going towards something. And it yeah. seems like with, with game development, it's even more complicated because it's, there's gameplay loops and there's things like, is it fun? Yeah. You know? And, and, and there are, there are certain elements of gaming that like are, are just fun. And there are certain times whenever you play a game and you're like, well, that just wasn't that fun, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And, and I think last thing that, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on was at some point, like, I, you know, I, you wonder, I mean, because of how hard it is to make games and it's just like it's a miracle they get made in the first place. I'm like, I don't, I honestly like don't know how more games don't end up like this. That's true. Other than the fact that they just get canceled early on. Yeah. I mean, then, then along the lines of that, like it's, it, I think that there's this, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's this idea of like, oh, well, let's go ahead and put the game out at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the fallacy of, oh, the sunken costs where it's like, okay, just because we've taken it this far means we need to go ahead and finish it. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, like, well, you probably should like just rethink this whole thing yeah. as is. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and that's, and you know, that's a, that's a whole like uh, catch 22 in and of itself where it's, it's like, okay, well, do we, do we cut our losses and, you know, try to finish this real fast? Yeah. And put it out as it is, and you know, put something, you know, like uh, the Last Guardian or something like that. You know, yeah. like we've spent, you know, years and years <laughs> and years on this game. We just yeah. you need know, to like release it. You know, like moving at that point between generations with that game. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's honestly like, but from the articles, like it talked about how they needed to release it before the end of fiscal year twenty eighteen or whatever it was. So that would end in March. Which was released right before that, um, and so you assume that that's probably what the you know EA. The publisher probably said, like, okay, this is the cutoff. Like, this is where we yeah. need to just put it out at this point, make however much money we can off of it, yeah. and 
figure out what but, to do next. And, and to, yeah, totally. Because like, it's either that or can it, and you well now you've wasted all these costs. That's right. And you're you're in this situation that that they're that EA is also in with Star Wars. That's right. Where they've started and killed like two or three games. Yeah, and it's like, oh wow, we're gonna reuse those assets and those ideas and those story points over on this other game, and it's and like, then, well, then but really, that one are, down, but really, know? are you? Yeah. Are you ever gonna, you know? So yeah. you know, like you know, you do that enough times, and like, mm-hmm. well, you're out of business. It's true. So it's like at some point you have to put out a product, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be what it is. Yeah. And I think that's what it felt like. That's what basically what it felt like. I think yeah. at that launch, and it seems like it was. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's just fascinating to like read this article and to hear about like those troubles of it because again, that's what that's what a lot of a lot of creative projects like do run into that where totally. where you end up and you're like, okay, well, this it is what it is now, and like let's put it out as is rather than you know doing this for again basically right. starting the whole process over well and it's that you know it comes down to well do we make zero money actually lose a ton of money on this or yeah. do we make half of it back you know like yeah and sometimes uh, we know we're not going to make all the money back on this but we can make you know at least enough so we're not uh going to go out of business or yeah. you know like yeah so well and things like it, it's more cut and dry i think a lot of times in like um other industries like movies where it's like okay well, we have this movie here and it's like this is the best edit we can make of this footage and like justice league yeah like and so let's go ahead and put it out make some money on it and like wait maybe we don't make all of the money back but we make some money on it and move on to the next yeah. um same with like you know in in like music or anything like that like sometimes that's what happens it's yeah. like and so but with a video game that technology those like assets can roll forward into the next thing and you've got half of your you Possibly. know asset work done Possibly. maybe especially like with the Star Wars franchise is what I'm mainly thinking of now because yeah. it's like those like the blasters the like the work you know modeling those the work modeling the different outfits or the different textures and the different uh, planets even like all of that can roll forward into the next Star Wars game yeah. you assume Possibly. I mean, again, it, it depends on the game. Yep. You know, is this first person versus third person? True. You know, like, is this uh, an adventure game, open world, or do we just create, like, uh, a very tunneled kind of version of this map? You know, I mean, honestly, like, it's just, like, yeah. there's so many different variables. Now, yeah. like, yeah, you could, like, if, it, if you're going from a third-person action-adventure open-world game to a third-person action-adventure open-world game, you can, like... You're like, you oh, know, yeah, maybe. And you're, and you're both working inside the Frostbite engine. Sure, you can bring some stuff over. That's right. But, you know, like... And I, that's obviously the call that they've made every single time with the Star Wars but franchise. But they punted it every time. Exactly. It's like, like oh, we're going to move it to the next one. But but then now they've shut everything down. So the only people work, left working on it are a game... Is respawn yep. not working in frostbite? So they're not they're not using any assets. Are from, they were not working in frostbite? I don't I'm think they sure. are. Mm. I think they're still working in uh, what their Titanfall the, the engine. Titanfall two engine. Wow, Snowdrop or whatever it's called. Mm, wow. I mean that, that's fascinating. I like, could be wrong with that, but I thought I read that recently. I, it might be. I mean, I don't know. Apex I'm, is made in. I'm not sure we know that you know necessarily. Yeah. Like, but like that would make sense because again, they're they that's the engine that they know. Um, and yeah, <laughs> if I was if I was if I was Vince Zampanella. <laughs> The head of Respawn Studios. Yeah, head of Respawn. I would I would divorce myself as much as I could from anything that EA was doing with Star Wars before this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the it, it's it'll be interesting to see that again, they they're gonna talk about that at Star Wars Celebration in a couple weeks, which we'll talk about that whenever they do. Yes. Um, and then they've got like time a lot like slot for it in uh, their E three programming, uh, which is gonna be more like a Twitch stream or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that game looks like it's going yeah. in the next couple of, of weeks. I, mean, slash I trust months. respawn. I, mean, I do too. Titanfall one was great. Titanfall two is even better. Yeah, Apex is great. It's really good. I um, mean, and this is the same team. You know, like going way back, Modern Warfare two. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's on the list of my top five favorite games. It's it's hard like to come up with a miss that this yeah. team has that respawn has had. Um, it was hard before up until uh mass effect andromeda to come up with a miss that bioware had had as well mm-hmm. but then like they've had two misses in a row on you know subsequent games i guess it was two years ago andromeda came out yeah um and so it's it'll be interesting to see where they end up moving into next like what's the you know dragon age the next yeah. dragon age game you would assume because that's next on the docket here um i, I, I mean i think like uh... They're still gonna release things for Anthem. Like mm. they're not moving on from Anthem, which I don't think they should. No. Like it's not um it's not a game that I want to play right this instant. Yeah. Um, but it's also not this atrocity of a game that sure. it has been 
demonized as. It's it's when I was reading through this article, it reminded me a lot of one of uh, Jason's pieces on Destiny, uh, yeah. the original Destiny, totally. Where he's like, "Oh, this was not the same game that entered development, you know, all these years ago, and and here's how it changed over the course of the development, and it's just a fascinating read." And you're like, well, what could Destiny have been if it was this other idea? Yeah. But it's not that idea. Right. And what it is is actually a pretty darn good game. You know, after a certain point, like once they, like I enjoyed the the main main portions of Destiny. Yeah. It's like, oh, it has its problems Destiny or whatever. Was great. But then once they got it to around that curve where it's like, okay, it's past its problems. It's it's got more good things about it than the negative things about it. It's like, oh, this is awesome. I'm in all the way on it. And that's where you get into like, oh, let's do the Taken King stuff. Like, that's around, like, mm-hmm. that time. And so I'm interested to see where Anthem gets to where it's Taken King is, where it's, oh, let's get around the curve of, like, where there's more good than bad. Like, we've had more fixes than there are problems and see where I end up, whether or not I end up picking it up and playing it because I really was, like, that E3 that it was debuted, I was like, man, this looks awesome. Like, I am I would love to see, like, something flying around in these suits. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't pick it up because of the, the reviews. I was like, oh, let me wait and see how this thing is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, happy yeah. to have done that. Well, I mean, and, and if it didn't come out at a time where like Division was a few weeks later, that's right. Um, I would have totally have been in it. Like, I, I have it's downloaded on my console right now. Yeah. Like, not the, I didn't buy the full game, but I bought the, like, I can still, like, have the 10 hours. 10 or hours, yeah, through with EA Access. Cool. Um, I just haven't found time to play it yet because I've been just in the Division. So. It's not that it's unappealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know, like, again, I'm not, it doesn't surprise me that that <laughs> it was this hard to make this game mm-hmm. and that it, it released in a state that it released in. Yeah. Um, especially in, like, I think one of the, a topic that I'd love to cover on the podcast at some point, um, let me pull it up that I was thinking about the other day. Uh, let me pull up the exact quote that I wrote down. Um, I should love it whenever you write a, a uh, you write a note and you, then you just like can't find it at all. Don't you love it whenever you accidentally find that said note in the trash, like in your oh, like yeah. where you accidentally hit the like, delete button the with my I do that? with my palm or something like that? Like, oops. Yeah. Um, uh, can't find it anyway. Uh, basically, the uh, the thought was, I forgot how I worded it, but is the I, I is the fact that we can patch games hmm. does that hurt? games as a whole and gamers <laughs> mm. because you say we say things like well it, it's not a game i want to play today but maybe in a year yeah well back in 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 the in the dark ages <laughs> before the internet before before the uh, xbox 360 whenever it was on the cartridge yeah that was the game you got uh-huh you know if it's broken like et Mm-hmm. You're stuck with just a broken game. It, doesn't get, the, it uh, doesn't get patched out in a year. <laughs> what was the... Uh, there was the Raiders of the Lost Ark Atari game that we had, um, or Dad had for the... Was it Atari 2600? Yeah. And, uh, and you could get up to the final point, but you couldn't... Like, whenever you, you got the shovel, finally, you could never make it dig. Like, you would tell it to dig, but it would never dig. Yeah. And you were in the right spot, but it would never dig. And so, like, you could not beat that game. Nope. Because the shovel would not dig. Well, it's the same thing with E.T. You fall into that hole... And uh, you're stuck there forever. Nintendo, GameCube. Uh, it was uh, the Metroid Prime. That game, there was a door. If you opened the door, picked up a certain item, the door would be locked behind you, and you would be locked in this room. They allowed you to like send your game or like your your save file, like mail your physical uh, memory card to them, and they would patch your memory card and mail it back to you. And so, like, if that bug happened to you, that's what your solution was. And, uh, yeah, that's the, those, are the, those are the types of things that are, like, they, they would just be there. Those bugs would just be in the games, like, waiting for you. Yeah. So, like, uh, at some point, sometime, I think we should just, like, that should be our main topic. We can I talk like about that. it. I think but it's like, good. I mean, the thing is, what, what you, the situation you get yourself in is this, where you, like, people ship broken games. Yeah. Because they can be updated later. It's true. Which I don't think that should ever be a, a thing. Well, and even like just from the sense of like live service games, it doesn't even have to be a broken game. It can be a boring game. 
like if you think about the how um sea of thieves like launched yeah where it's like okay this game it's like it's got a fun gameplay loop it's got like there's a lot of fun to be had in it but it's relatively empty and there's not a whole lot to do and there's a lot of combat stuff that you're supposed to do that isn't very fun yeah it's like that whole thing where i was just talking about was like oh is it fun and it's like well the combat in that game is not that fun unless you're going ship to ship in which case you can get trolled and there's but like that game was relatively empty at launch nowadays they've had like multiple patches even like within weeks of launching it they had like a patch out yeah that had like added this stuff and added more more but, content uh, but, and, and okay. everything the fact but like we, it would have just been broken before the fact that we burnt out on it early on like mm-hmm. and haven't been back is it's that true. like that hurts the game oh yeah you know because it wasn't it was too empty you yeah know? and if you could have held on to it and play tested it a little bit more and then and launched it a year later like which is like now it was i don't know I, I don't yeah i mean and i'm not saying i don't want to, the ability to update games i think the fact that like there's more content coming from the division and there's more mm-hmm. content for forza horizon 4 mm-hmm. and like all this stuff coming like i love that like yeah. i'm not saying i don't like yeah. that i'm just like it's just like I think there is a balance, probably, and we can talk about it later. This was this is a topic for another time. We're, getting, we're delving into a whole another topic. Yeah, this is a whole other topic. Yeah, but uh, to wrap up the EA Bioware yeah. thing, um, go check out that article. Yeah, it's it's, in, it's interesting. It's a fascinating read, I think, for anybody who you I, know does anything creative. I don't know if there's like necessarily even a takeaway in it. <laughs> there's uh, like a moral, other than like you know, hey, whenever you create things, it's better to have a clear vision and a clear leader yeah. making decisions. Well, and then, and even at <laughs> that, like... kind of a no-brainer. Like, literally just, like, everybody should be in agreement about what what is the thing that you're making. Or, you know? or, yeah, or just, like, know what you're making. Yeah, yeah. It's like, somebody needs to communicate this to us because we were making a mountain climbing game, like which yeah. is, like, part which of that what was, that was one article. Of them. Yeah, it was like, yeah, one of them was like, oh, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> Anthem was on a mountain climbing game. <laughs> oh, you're telling me that we're turning this mountain climbing game into a flying mech game? Is is this a uh, great? Is this great. a Price is Right game? <laughs> what? Oh man! Anyway, uh, hey, we have a uh, a live update from our oh. reporter in the field, <gasps> Megan Ledford, who's been on the podcast before. She was in uh, podcast episode 100. Go back and listen to that. She just sent uh, sent over a uh, an article. This is from the Hollywood Reporter by Ryan Parker. Some Avengers in-game opening day tickets going for 200 plus on eBay. Oh, man. Uh, the article says the demand for tickets when they went on sale Tuesday was so overwhelming it crashed AMC site and app. I experienced that. <laughs> Avengers in-game advanced ticket sales broke records this week, and those lo- not lucky enough to snag one still have a shot on the secondary market for a mini Tony Stark fortune. Tickets for opening day April 26th of in-game are going for hundreds, even thousands of dollars and dozens of listings on eBay. While mm. price spikes for tickets and secondary markets are common for high-profile sports events or concerts, it is unusual to see a wide-release theatrical film garner such interest from fans. In-game tickets for a number of states are listed on eBay. Fandango declined to comment on secondary market sales. AMC did not immediately respond to a request for comments about its chain being listed on several auctions. In-game tickets were not easy to get when they drop Tuesday morning, along with a final teaser for the Marvel film, which I have not seen, by the way, and I will not watch. Yeah, I'm kind of the there de- with you. The demand was so overwhelming that AMC's site and app crashed due to traffic volume approximately 10 times higher than normal and double <laughs> AMC's all? previous record set on the day tickets for Star Wars The Force Awakens went on sale. Man. Visitors using Fandango were put in a queue for up to 30 minutes, which is not as up to oh, hours. Yeah, I was about to say up to yeah. 30 minutes. I think, like for I said, my friend was in a two-hour long one. During the site's single best-selling day ever. Not long after advanced tickets went on sale, hashtag Avengers in-game, t- in-game tickets was the number one trending topic on Twitter as fans expressed their frustration with the clogged ticketing websites. Hmm. Along with the minute-long final teaser released Tuesday, footage from in-game was screened at CinemaCon on Wednesday, I'm not going to read what that is. That's a spoiler. <laughs> In-game is poised for a huge opening at the domestic box office with early tracking coming in at anywhere from $200 million to $250 million over the April 26th to 28th weekend. Just the weekend. Infinity War opens to $257.6 million on the same weekend in April 2018, marking the biggest North American launch of all time unadjusted for inflation. When Infinity War first came up on tracking, it was tipped for a debut of 185 to 225 million. Hmm. So we could see an even bigger opening day weekend for Endgame. Again, like I, I think we've mentioned before that I don't know a single person who saw Infinity War that won't see Endgame, <laughs> doesn't want to see Endgame. So like there already, it's going to make the same amount let alone however much more, you know? Hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. Anyway, those are update. I like it. Breaking news right here. I'm staying target. Thank you, Megan. What else? What, what are we talking about next week? Is there anything next week? What are we talking it's a about? Good question. I, I still know. haven't watched Dumbo. I still haven't watched Dumbo but, uh, either. It's because I went to go see Captain Marvel with uh, Dee Dee. So we will probably go see Dumbo. Did, did this you week. still enjoy it on second second viewing? I actually enjoyed it more. Nice. I, uh, I like it. I'm still not a huge like. Um, I love the world. Mm-hmm. I'm still not a huge fan of uh, Brie Larson's portrayal of her, hmm. but uh, I'm okay with it. Okay. I can live with it. I can live with it. I, I I liked it. I thought it was pretty pretty spot on to where the comics are. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. I think on, at least on second viewing, especially, I want a little more um, a dynamic performance from her. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see that. It's kind of morose. It. Well, I mean, and, and like. Kind of, yeah, the, the the story even like kind of doubles down on that that, yeah. that aspect of it. The, but then like they they insert in good fun jokes and things totally. like that, and it's like it's a fun movie. Yeah. But it could be I could I could see like it being more. So like yeah. I would I for it's gonna be very serious in Avengers Endgame. Totally. So and I, so I, know, I, don't I don't see don't... that changing until to <laughs> potentially the sequel for uh, Captain Marvel. So Captain yeah. Marvel two, you would assume bring more of the uh, the old fun factor. Yeah. Yeah, like and maybe not as long. Definitely speed up some of those middle sections. Yeah. I don't see anything next week. Nothing. Man. There's Nothing next a week? Star Wars Celebration starts next weekend. So and maybe, so like so, maybe oh, we have some news day? to talk about. Uh, it looks like it starts on Thursday. Okay. Well, well. And yeah, I can so, remember whenever we got the fir- the uh, mm. first uh, Star Wars, um, the uh, Force Awakens. Trailer, I believe it was on like a, uh, a Friday. Yeah. Um, it was after our podcast, I think, for the week. So uh, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I, so maybe two weeks from now, we might talk about more Star Wars things like the uh, Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order game and things like that. So That'd be amazing. It'd be awesome if we could get a Episode Nine uh, trailer too yes. to talk about. Yes. I would be very into that. Oh my um, do you think they'll wait until Avengers though? Like they'll just air? No, it they better not. Come I don't on. know, man. I don't know why they waited this long, John. <laughs> because of Star Wars Celebration. I don't. Ugh. All right. Anyway, well, we'll cover it when it happens. Um, yes, Frustration is we welling up inside me. <laughs> uh, also, uh, a week from Saturday yeah. is uh, Record Store Day. Yes, you are right. You're so, correct. Which I haven't actually looked at any of the Record Store Day releases. I need so to look and know. see uh, what's happened this year. Yeah. yeah. That's it for this week. You can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250, and at StayOnTargetPod. That's right. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.